Hi, I'm Felicia, owner and registered dietitian at Peraz Nutrition. Welcome to the Peraz Nutrition Podcast. And I am Adam. Uh, did you say your last name? I can't remember. My I name is Adam. We'll stick with just my first name. So we're going to talk about motivation. And motivation is really key to your success with anything that you do, whether it's going on a diet, trying to eat healthier. Holding a job down. Exercise, <laughs> trying to hold a job down. Sure. Whatever it's going to be. I mean, motivation is really kind of key to that. And motivation is really like, your drive, you know, why you're doing this. Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you want to eat healthier? Why do you want to control your blood sugar numbers? And kind of what's that behind the scenes force? Yeah, it's imagining a disease is probably a really big influence on motivation. That's one of the biggest motivators. And honestly, it's an, I would say a little bit easier of a motivator. Yeah, it's more explicit, like why you should do what you're doing. Yeah, you know, your doctor tells you that you're going to be going on insulin, so you need to control your blood sugar numbers. That's a really big wake-up call, which gives you that motivation to want to control your diet. Yeah, my doctor told me that I had high cholesterol. That was kind of scary. Like, high and, and high, high of the bad one, low of the, low of the good one, which is weird for me to have a health problem like that. But that was uh, looming in my mind a lot, like when I'm just around looking to eat something. Mm-hmm. It just kind of snaps back into my brain. But yeah, I get that. I get what that means. Yeah. It's hard too because, you know, most people that I see, they don't necessarily have a big motivator until they get a health scare. You know, something like their cholesterol goes up or, you know, the blood sugar numbers go up. You know, often it's not just about pure weight loss, but some other factor that causes them to, you know, want to really dig deeper with it. Okay. So we want to talk about how to stay motivated. Yeah, how to stay motivated so and even how to into? get yourself motivated. Right. You know, how do you even get yourself motivated to start with? Okay. That's going to be. So kind of the key to that first is really figuring out what your reason why is, which okay. is not necessarily what your doctor is telling you to do or what your spouse is telling you to do in society. is telling you to do with all the ads yeah, out there. It's got to be for you. You have to want it for yourself. Yeah, because, you know, if your doctor's telling you to do it, that only lasts so long. And you might have a week or two where you just, you know, you have this little bit of motivation from them, but then you might have three months until your next appointment. It's not until two weeks until you see the doctor and then you're like, oh, I should probably start doing something. You know what? That's why I don't floss. I have no <laughs> motivation to floss. And I have a da- dentist appointment on Wednesday. It's been three months. <laughs> and now you're going to start flossing? No, I'm going to floss for like a, a couple of days really hard hardcore flossing it's gonna happen and, and then, then they're gonna know and then i'm gonna they're gonna yell at me yeah but that's less important than i guess my heart so well you know but that's the thing is you don't want to get yelled at people do that with me too as you know the dietitian i'm there for their accountability but a lot of times if the appointments are too spaced out that's exactly what they say is they knew they were going to come and see me so they kind of had to get into so it's shape. the same dynamic same kind of dynamic so like, <laughs> i'm gonna see felicia in two weeks i have to lose 50 pounds or whatever yeah i have to start tracking my food intake because yeah. i hadn't been but that that reason why is 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 really key to keeping you motivated more than just for two weeks. And usually what I challenge people with is kind of just getting out a scrap paper and writing down literally everything as what's going to motivate them. You know, why are they doing this? You know, do they want more energy? They want to run around with their kids, like literally everything that you can think so, of. Like what are your what are the common ones then that people use a lot? Uh, outside of, you know, what the doctor might bring up with like cholesterol, I get a lot of people that talk about, 
wanting to fit in to a certain piece of clothing. So oh, then, okay, that's not know, what I thought you were going that's with. That. A, no, you're that's fit in with society. Okay, so clothing. That's but good. that's a big one. But you know, you don't you don't carry around your closet with you. True. So that's a hard motivator because you don't often see it until you're ready to put on a bathing suit. But then it's like it snaps back when you like can't fit into that pair of jeans or something. Exactly, and then failure sets in, and that's really unmotivating. So. That's not really a good motivator, but that's most of what people start what with they say. is the clothing. They want to okay. fit in a certain size or... But you don't think that's a good motivator? Not necessarily, unless you kind of keep it with you more so. So Like mentally? Yeah, like if people have a certain piece of clothing they want to fit in, and sometimes it's jeans or a certain size number. Like I've never been an 18, but um, now I am, and I don't want to get up higher than that. So I want to be a size, you know, 16, you know, one size lower because okay. uh, that's where I feel you know, comfortable. So kind of I dig first I dig deeper with that is, you know, why do you want to fit in the sixteen? Do you feel better about yourself? Do you feel more, you know, that you can move around better? Um, but I have people take pictures of the clothes they want to fit in and actually like post it on their phone. You know, use it as a back you know, backdrop to their phone or print out a picture and put it in like a calendar or a notebook or something like that because then they see it more visually versus it being hidden in the closet because they're they know they can't fit into it so they don't have it out okay um so what's another one i guess besides clothing that's common or or maybe what all right so what's a good one you think a good one is you know thinking about your family you know a lot of people say they want to see their kids grow up or you know they they don't want to have a heart attack and um not be able to see grandchildren um having more energy is a big one too because a lot of people say that when they have more energy, then they could do more, whether it is with their family or just for themselves. You know, they can come home from work and have more energy to do something that they enjoy versus, you know, going to sleep or just kind of lounging around. So having more energy. Yeah, the energy is a, is a huge one. That's one that is, so like if you stick to, and I've had this experience, if you stick to a good diet for even just a couple of days, you notice the energy change. Mm-hmm. so it's tangible yeah like i'm way more productive at work if i have a good day with my diet the day before and like get sleep and stuff so it's something that you actually notice no one can hear you nodding just throwing yeah. that out there <laughs> <laughs> i do that a lot <laughs> that's a that's a counseling thing if anyone's ever met with me that's i nod you a lot <laughs> visual feedback yeah yeah but i can't hear that the um i mean that's that, that you know feeling better and stuff that's a huge one but also like pain levels, you know, you know, they have more energy, but they have decrease in pain, which is kind of something else that people like pain from a chronic illness. Yeah. Like you like need joint pain, pain? Okay. joint pain, yeah, you know, and having extra weight on your body does, you know, put extra stress on your joints, but you know, inflammation is also a big one too. I get a lot of people with arthritis, so they want less chronic pain from that. And have they you know had that experience where people experience less pain. And they're with their arthritis because of an, a dietary improvement. Yeah. Um, a lot of people with decreasing sugar, but then also with um, moving around more. You know, a lot of times when people have pain, they want to just sit sit down and ice, you know, and or put heat on and just relax. And then that lack of movement can actually make it worse, make it worse, make you more stiff. It's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah. I think they want to rest and go easy, but it makes it worse. But yeah. just a diet has a pretty big impact. Diet is a huge impact. I mean, sugar is one of the key things that causes inflammation, but the refined sugar. um, But then also eating more anti-inflammatory foods, like eating more fruits and vegetables, which is kind of like one of the big things I talk about with 
with any client with any kind of inflammation. So I'd say those, those are kind of the bigger ones is, you know, with how someone actually feels because if they have less pain, they're more likely to do more, which then, you know, makes yeah, can them kind of create a forward feedback loop where they have a good day, feel less pain, feel more energy, motivates them to keep going. Yeah. It could be something like their doctor. So it could have been the first motivator was like an actual, you know, disease or something, but then also their um, energy levels, you know, their family reasons, seeing their, their kids want to grow up or their grandkids or be around with their spouse. And then that, you know, lack of pain or decrease in pain anyway, um, with, you know, getting, getting, you know, not only weight off, but also healthier habits in place too. Okay. And the feelings associated with it. I talk a lot about, you know, how you're going to feel after the fact. And that's something as a motivator, like how you're going to feel later on. Yeah. I I use that a lot with, with going to the gym, you know, or, or trying a new recipe, um, or, you know, cooking healthier is like, how are you going to feel after the fact, which is a hard thing to do to envision yourself in that position. But, you know, how are you going to feel after you've gone to the gym? Most people are not going to say that they've hated it. You know, they felt good that they actually went, you know, they set a goal for themselves and they accomplished it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever felt bad about the fact that I went to the gym. Yeah, most people don't. You know, the only thing you might feel bad about is I feel a little sore, but that's well, that's still a good thing, bad. most people. Yeah. I'd say those are kind of like bigger ones with finding your, your how reason to, how why. How to stay motivated. Yeah. Honestly, though, when you, when you think about why you're doing it, you know, it could be a, a bunch of different reasons, but I always tell people to write it down. Why you're specifically motivated to eat well. Yeah, to eat well, to, I mean, to exercise, but eating well, I would say, is the, the big piece. Engage with a healthy on. lifestyle. Yeah, I use that term a lot, lifestyle. I always say that. You're not on a diet. It's a lifestyle change. And that's, because it is, you know, it's not just what you do in the kitchen, but it's your behaviors and how you feel about food and how you feel about exercise. So it's it's more than just what you physically put in your mouth. So it's more than that. So I feel like I like the term lifestyle. But I would tell people, you know, make sure you write down what what your reason why is, why it matters to you, why you're on this journey, and like post it around. Journey. <laughs> That's another word I use a lot. Those words. <laughs> journey of a lifestyle change, healthy lifestyle change, I should say. It is hard though with the work environment. Are I we would transitioning say. into our next bullet point. We are. <laughs> we have a list. We do have a list. Family events and work. So what? We, so yeah. Go ahead. Um, it's hard, you know, with with work. You know, I, I get a lot of people who say they they are super motivated. They're ready to eat healthy. They get all the good healthy foods. They pack a lunch and then they go to work and someone brought baked goods. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me every day. Yeah. When you work at a kitchen. And that's it. It gets easier to say no after you say no after a while, you know, and you do want to indulge here and there. But it's it's something that's hard to do in the beginning when you're still trying to fight those and you know it's hard it's hard because for me it's like i'm missing out i don't get to have cake and everyone else does yeah you know it's social and then it's like you're missing out if you don't have it yeah well food is very social but there's also that interaction of like everyone else is eating it and they want you to eat it too so then it's pressure that's yeah that peer pressure is like the hardest thing but you know sometimes what i tell people is you know that's rare if you have your goals, you know, set on your phone or a picture of what you want. You could, you, and I've said people to say this out loud too, you know, 
is this going to help me get to my goal? And maybe one day you know that if you indulge, it's going to help you get to your goal because you're not going to feel like you're on a diet, but you're being flexible. But if you're doing that every single day, you're not really working towards your goals at that point as in indulging in something every single day. But it's hard, you know, especially if you have to walk by a certain break room or if you're surrounded by food or if someone brings it physically to your desk. Every day I go to the shelter on, on Saturdays, somebody has like donuts. They just bring a box of donuts. Are you serious? I'm trying to fast <laughs> for the morning. They're sabotaging you. Yeah, there's just <laughs> I open the box and there's like 12. Somebody just brought donuts from that morning. Dunkin' Donuts. And they're fresh. And I know they're fresh. So I can smell, smell them. them. Yeah. And if there's a strawberry frosted donut, I usually eat it. <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of one of those things. Yeah. And what I, you know, it is, it does get easier to say no, honestly. It, it doesn't feel like that in the beginning because you feel like, as you said, you're missing out. You feel like, you know, you want to indulge. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people see treats that they really like or someone, you know, spent their time and blood, sweat, and tears making this cake and they're like well why, why don't you just have one piece you know what's one piece gonna do sure. but honestly sometimes one piece can be enough to spiral you off of the progress you've made yeah. so far so um, yeah if you know that one piece or one thing is just gonna set you completely off the rails the rest of the day and make you throw up your hands and say well i'm just gonna eat whatever i want i just well i had the cake so you know mm-hmm. what's a cookie yeah and some sodi pop and some other, you know, whatever else. Yeah. That's what I say to people too is like, you know, figure out what your, I don't want to say your triggers are, but I mean, triggers, triggers is a good word too. Sure is. for that. Um, but figure out, you know, is that something that you can walk away from? Can you have a small piece and be done with it and say like, you know, I'm going to go have the healthy lunch that I packed or is it something that's going to kind of like spiral you into like wanting more sweets, treats, Sodas, cookies, all that kind of stuff. Almost so. better not to indulge and tempt the demon inside you. Yeah. To eat half the cake, exactly. four pieces of pizza. Pizza. <laughs> That's what happens. They order yeah. eight pizzas. And they're sitting there. You can smell them. Oh, yeah. Something that helps, though, to with that, because then people say to me, well, what, what do I do instead? You know, because it's staring at me. People are pressuring me to eat it. I do want it. I, I do like those things. Is to... Make sure you have the good stuff available. Make sure you've fueled yourself with good foods because if you're stuffed from eating good for you foods and then you see cake, you might want that cake, but you might be pretty stuffed from eating all the fiber that you had at lunch if you pack something really Yeah, well so like that's a thing. Like if you eat a bunch of healthy food first, it's a lot easier to stay on track that day if you did have a piece. Yeah. Because you already, you're not hungry. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the thing where they say you shouldn't go food shopping when you're hungry. Yeah. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's, it's a big thing. And, and that's, you know, cause you're, you're smelling all the good stuff and your stomach's grumbling. And it's just adding so many layers of, you know, making it harder and harder for you to walk away. Hurdles. Say, you know? Yeah. Those hurdles. Barriers. I like to call gotta, them too. You got to jump over them. Barriers to change. But something else that can help with that too is walking away and like setting a timer for yourself to say okay if in 20 minutes i'm still thinking about this and wanting a piece i'm gonna have a small piece okay and then That's removing new. yourself from the situation drinking some water and doing something not thinking about it but doing something else like 
yeah. checking emails or, you know, reading a book, or if you're at home and someone's brought goods in, you know, go outside, go for a walk, do something else. And honestly, half the time people end up forgetting about it. And then they're like, oh, you know, I really didn't need that piece of cake. Um, so that can help too, which is kind of removing yourself from the situation and putting a timer so you're not constantly sitting at your desk and then thinking about the fact that there's still cookies in the other room. Yeah. And that's work for you. It's easy to, it's easy to remove yourself and get distracted with something else because you're at work. You're generally going to have some stuff to do. But like family events, it's a different story. Yeah. Because the whole point is to kind of be there and be social. Yeah. So that kind of like my strategy for that, which is going to kind of keep you motivated is to, you're, you're going to know when the family event is to so kind of plan around it. It's like that day makes you fill up on the good for you foods, you know, fill up with fiber, fill up with fluid, which most people are not drinking enough water to begin with. And when you say so. fluid, you mean water. I mean water. Yeah. Or uns- any like, you know, unsweetened s- beverage, seltzer, I, unsweetened tea, seltzer, things like coffee, that. Coffee, I guess. Tea, coffee technically counts, just not the ones that are loaded up with sugar and creamer. Sugar. It's one thing I always ask. Because you said fluids and I'm like beer. Immediately, no. <laughs> just family event. That's, yeah. You know. Water should be the bulk of it. And then, you know, unsweetened teas. That all counts towards your overall fluid for the day. You know, not for anything, but like, so we were just at your parents last night and uh, I indulged. Yeah. In quite a few things. Um, but for me, like the family events, if I plan around those. So I don't know. I don't know if you have a, a thing against cheat days or like what your thoughts are on cheat days. But I'll typically like if we have a thing coming up. And I know, like, if we're going to be your parents or whatever, I'll uh, I'll make that, like, the day that I kind of allow myself to indulge more. Yeah. I kind of like cheat meals better than cheat days. Only because, you know, sometimes... The whole day. Yeah, the whole day is kind of a lot. <laughs> 24 and, hours I have and, to you know, eat as much junk. <laughs> so always I say, like, okay, if you're going to go to a family event, like we went to my parents yesterday, you know... And I had I had cookies, you know. And the kids but, were there and like everyone's hanging yeah. out. Yeah. So it was kind of like a cheat meal and dessert. So like, you know, two things. Almost. Oh, it was. <laughs> but, you know, instead of just saying, well, I'm going to eat poorly at dinner, you know, I'm just going to eat whatever throughout the day, like fuel up on the good stuff. Like I went to the gym in the morning. Like I knew, not that I use gym as a punishment because I enjoy going to the punishment. gym. But, you know, which is, you know, that's one thing you want to try and avoid is like, Punishing yourself punishing for falling yourself, off. Because it doesn't really... <laughs> doesn't really work that work way. Work with the mindset. Well, I don't think it's productive either. It's to not. To punish yeah. yourself. No. Because the food's in you. Like, it's... You're, you've are you already stepped over the line. Like, you can't undo that. Well, you could, but you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do that. But, but there's no point in punishing yourself, really. No. Just going forward, you just... Correct course. It's probably the best thing to do. Exactly. But that's like, I always say, you know, if you're going to go to something at night, you know, make make your whole day positive, you know, eat good for you foods and then plan maybe to bring something with you. You know, that can help you to stay on track, you know, whether it's even just a side. Like so bring, bring yourself stuff to the family event. Yeah. Your sister did that before or she has done that. Yeah. And it could be for everybody. It could be just for you. You know, it could be that, you know, there's not going to be any healthy options. You just bring like a veggie tray that everyone can have, but you know, at least yeah, you have some vegetables there to pick on versus picking on like cheese crackers and chips and things like that. Yeah, so. What did you, so we had, we had crabs, the crabs are the big thing, crabs and shrimp. Uh, well, I guess the kids, I don't know if they did the crabs and stuff too, but your dad and mom was doing the, the crabs out back Yeah, on ice. 
And then, so you brought tofu, potatoes. Did you bring the cauliflower? I brought cauliflower, cauliflower broccoli. broccoli, tomatoes. Yeah. And cookies. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I think that was it. Yeah. Quote unquote healthy cookies. Just sugar in them, but you know, not applesauce. quite as bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Applesauce. Instead and of, some flax seeds. Instead so of you egg, got some fiber. Right? Instead of egg. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the egg. But so like they had crabs, they had like mac and cheese, um, shrimp. And that's not, you know, I don't know if crab is bad for you, quote unquote. I mean, full disclosure, we are Felicia's hardcore vegan. I'm vegetarian. So we didn't, we don't eat crabs anyway. Yeah. But. Um, well, crab and shrimp are high in cholesterol. So they're like a leaner, you know, leaner. It's better than eating beef, but they are still like. Okay higher in terms of like cholesterol content. So just watching how much you have of those is, you know, really important. I would say. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what everyone, because everyone, everyone went into with crab and crab is one of those things where it's kind of hard to get a lot of it. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, when my family does crab, they like actually get the whole crab. They don't like buy the crab meat. So that is one thing is that'll slow you down for sure. Cause it'll take you a while. Who buys the crab yeah. meat? I'm talking about like canned crab meat. Yeah. Canned crab meat or sometimes people get like the, like the, sh- the, I guess the body of it almost, but and then that's where most of the meat is. Yeah. So when we say crabs, like they had whole crabs, whole crab, yeah. and then you know, cracking the legs and the claws and the doing all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of production. Oh yeah, it was work. <laughs> and the children got crab everywhere. Yeah, but I knew like my um my sister made like a pasta kind of thing, like a cheesy pasta that the kids were going to eat. It was mac and cheese, um, essentially. Yeah, mac and cheese, basically. You know, those pouch ones. Um, I had some. <laughs> it was pretty good. But that's that's one of those things, too. Like, I, I knew what the options were going to be. Yeah. And it was kind of like... Crab, yeah. shrimp, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, yeah. And if anything, m- you know, my parents probably would have made, like, some steamed veggies. I mean, yeah, they knew you were going to bring stuff. Yeah. But, like, it's being proactive and, like, planning for it. Yeah. If you don't cook, you should. Yeah. Even again, it could be something Basic. simple. Like you could start with steamed veggies. You could start with salads. You could start with things that are simple to just throw together. It doesn't necessarily have to be this big production or roasting. Like I do a lot of baking and roasting and that's one. It's a lot more hands off. Yeah. Because then it makes it simple. You just kind of throw, throw a little olive oil and then like the seasonings that I like together, which is usually like garlic, onion, a little bit of salt. Garlic, onion, paprika. salt, salt, pepper, garlic, onion. It yeah. says like pretty much. Well, I don't know. You don't do pepper that much. I don't do pepper, but I do a little paprika. Yeah. I do like paprika. No. But that's, you know, that's something like simple that you can kind of do is just throw together veggies and throw them in the oven. All right. So, so. pro tip, made my living for many years as a cook. <laughs> a lot of people don't know how to cook and they're uncomfortable with it. Very is true. That, is that accurate? No, that is very true. Okay. So cooking is a formula. You take raw food components, you add heat, and the yield is cooked food. It's really that simple. And, you know, you mentioned baking, right? Yeah. So the one thing about baking that I that I wouldn't recommend for beginners is because that it's easy to, um, well, forget, for one, or overcheck. So if you open the oven just like every two minutes and you don't let it bake, um, you kind of have to, in my opinion, you have to have a little confidence with baking. So one of the things that I would recommend for someone with less confidence or less experience, I guess, is a pot or a pan. So um, if you just take, you know, a pan and grease it up, that's pretty, like if you've made food as a kid, I guess scrambled eggs is one of the most common things. Yeah. Um, and then, so you, you get your spray, your butter, whatever, lube the pan up, essentially. Low the Low heat. That's that's part of it because if you if you cook on a pan on a stovetop you can see it 
you don't have to open an oven to look. And depending on what it is, if it's something in small pieces, like if you're just going to do chicken or something like that, you can you can see that it's cooking. Or like, um, I guess like a vegetable or like, what do we do? Potatoes is one of the things, a starch. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll cut them up, throw them in the pan and get them cooking. And you can, when you have it on a stovetop, you know, cooking can be fun and like an active thing. And that's another thing with oven baking is that like you don't really do anything when you bake. You just kind of let the oven do all the work kind of. Yeah. When you're cooking on a um, a stovetop with like a pan, you know, you're shuffling things around, you're flipping stuff. It's more engaging. And uh, there's like a visual component because you can actually see the change in the food. Yeah. And, and monitor it more closely if you're in the kitchen. That's true. The baking is good though for like if you are going to go to a family affair and you you like don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of time standing in the kitchen. Oh yeah, if you're not going to actively cook. Yeah, if you're not going to actively cook. But you know, going off what you said with you know being able to like actively see what you're cooking. If you're if you're someone who's kind of not as confident in the kitchen yet, you know, starting with the vegetables in a sauté pan would be good because you don't run the risk of you know burning them. Yeah, and uncooked chicken, you know, foodborne illness, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's a little less stress starting with something like a vegetable. So in that way, you could just kind of play around with you know, getting used to being in the kitchen with the heat and seasoning and a little bit. It's a little less stressful than something yeah. like raw meat, you know. Sure. And then with the with the pan frying, you can add seasoning to it, like while you're going. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who's not familiar, like salt, salt, pepper, garlic, onion are like staples, essentials. You know, if, if you do salt, salt, garlic, onion, like garlic powder, onion powder, that's going to come out pretty good. Yeah. Regardless. And of course, all those blends are, are pretty good too. Like Mrs. Dash, I guess. Or, uh, yeah. That's what yeah, we, those we kinds of seasoning, they're good, especially for start. I mean, I use them myself, but I mean, they're good for starters too if you're not really sure about seasoning blends. Montreal chicken. <laughs> my favorite. That's good for stuff besides just chicken it's too. Great. One kind of, I guess, pro tip there too is, you know, when you're using the dried herbs, make sure you use those in the beginning part of cooking. So they kind of release their flavors. Versus like your fresh stuff, like your fresh herbs. Use those towards the end of cooking because they already have a lot of flavor in them. But you want to release the flavor that's in those dried herbs. Because I get a lot of people who want to season towards the end of cooking or at the table. And then they like don't taste the seasoning, but it hasn't really had time to really release the oils and the natural flavor in it. Yeah. And I guess on seasoning, one thing to be careful with is salt. Because you can totally over salt something and ruin it. Yeah. Not that you should be scared of adding salt to your food. I mean, you wouldn't recommend salting foods anyway, I guess, from a dietitian perspective. Not necessarily, but I do, you know, if, if you use salt in cooking, I always say use a, a pinch of it in this start of cooking because it can actually pull the flavor out of the food and make the food... You'll um, need less. Yeah, and you actually need less. What most people tend to do is they don't use salt in cooking, but then they end up using it at the table. After and then the they fact. basically add salt until they taste salt. But you're like adding <laughs> the flavor of salt. So it, from what I understand, the way salt interacts with food as it's cooking is different than the way it interacts with food after it's cooked. Yes. So yeah. you'll get, it'll kind of be an accent to the flavor of the food if you add it during cooking versus when you add it after you just get the salty taste. Exactly. But that's one of those things too is with salt is, you know, how much is too much? You know, definitely use like an actual measuring, like an eighth of a teaspoon, I yeah. would say. Because even like a pinch of salt is totally different 
from one person to the next. Right. Or like if you just, you know, use the grinder right over your food, you won't really know how much is in there. And then even so. grinders are different from like grinder to grinder. Some of them are fine. Some of them are coarse. Some of it, sometimes it comes out crazy fast and sometimes it's nothing. Our, ours <laughs> is like nothing. It's dust. Yeah. And we you really got to go in. One is like huge crystals that like a ton yeah. comes out. And the other one is like powder. And I'm like, did anything even come out of that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be a fun. huge difference in like grinders and stuff. So um, family events. That's yeah. when we were at your parents, because um, I, I kind of sewed it up all week. <laughs> and then, and I knew that going in. And now lately, more lately, I've been more sensitive to eating unhealthy because like I'll have trouble sleeping at night sometimes mm-hmm. with my, my heart rate. And sometimes like I'll notice it's elevated and I'll get, I'll, I'll like be hot at night. Yeah. I'm not well hydrated and I didn't eat well. It's weird, but I started to notice that. And I ate well most of the week prior. And I knew that going in, going to your parents. Yeah. So I had all the stuff, (laughs) all the treats. And then I slept fine last night. And I feel fine today. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I was asking about the cheat meals and the cheat day and stuff. Because I feel like if you don't, if it's not a daily thing. Yeah. You want that flexibility because... You know, I said lifestyle and you don't want to feel like you're on a diet, but like if you're constantly restricting yourself and saying, I can't have this and I can't have that, it'll make you feel like you're on a diet. It's not as motivating too, but if you think of it as, you know, lifestyle and you're flexible when you go to family events, you know, or if you're flexible when you're at, you know, work function or something like that, where you allow yourself to have, you know, indulgences, whether it's a meal and some dessert that you wouldn't normally have, it's totally fine because that often is enough to keep you on track. But usually, you know, you want to think to yourself, like, also how you felt after that. Did you feel good about the choices that you made? You know, how do you feel physically? Do you feel, like, more tired, sluggish? Because I have a lot of people who, you know, indulge. But then they're, like, the next day, they're, like, you know, I I feel pretty crappy. They feel feel physically bad? Yeah, like, unwell because their body isn't used to that much sugar. That's I mean, that's, that's just kind of assess after the fact. But that can give you a little motivation, you know, for eating better. And just kind of using those family affairs or things like that as like a little way to cheat and indulge in something that. Yeah. Like I knew we were going and like throughout the week, I mean, I didn't think about it actively, but I kind of knew like that we were going and like I was thinking, yeah, that's going to be, I'm going to have, because we always have good stuff. Yeah. And we're there, but it's easy, but I wouldn't consider that a failure. No, not by any means. I mean, that's, that's you like living life and you know, you want this to be a lifestyle. You don't want it to be that you're, you can't have this and that and it and it feels like a moral failure that you had a cookie or two or five even 20. You know? <laughs> or 20 <Eclairs. laughs> they were cream, puffs. And cream puffs but that's you know but also don't feel like you have to have a cookie you know if you go to a family event you're like you know i really just don't want one man i i can't say fine. i've ever felt that <laughs> but that's fine I to always not want a cookie. you know indulge in something like that or maybe you don't want sweets but you want you know, a, a cocktail or you want extra of a side of something like extra pasta, mac and cheese or whatever it might be. It doesn't have to necessarily be a sweet that you indulge in. Yeah. I think I've used the word indulge like 15 times in this. Whatever. Last couple it's a good word. <laughs> it is a good word. It's so one. Another thing I, I would think about family events, like if you know you're going to eat a lot for me, like if I know it's going to be a day that I'm going to eat a lot and I didn't do this Saturday, but typically I would, I would go to the gym that day. Yeah. Because it's something else for me that I'm eating all this food at this, you know, we're, when we're with family and stuff. And I, 
if I went to the gym that day, specifically I did if I did weight training and stuff, um, for me it's like, okay, I know that those calories are being utilized more efficiently than they would normally be if I weren't in recovery from a workout. Yeah. For me that helps. Like it helps me manage deciding it's okay to indulge for this day or this meal or for this event. And I think there's some legitimate I think there's some legitimate thought there in terms of like getting more not necessarily eating unhealthy. Like I wouldn't use that as the excuse for why I ate so many cream puffs. Yeah. But uh, for for going a little heavier with calories in general, like having extra potatoes or like, well, I mean, you can never have too much broccoli, but just eating more food in general. Yeah. I think more of the healthy stuff, but just more calories that day. It does depend on the type of exercise. I mean, you know, with, with doing more resistance training with like weights, weight training, whether yeah. it's machines or, you know, free weights or anything like that. Yes, your metabolism is boosted after the gym. So you do burn calories more efficiently. And then you're engaged in yeah. protein synthesis. So your body's constructing with the calories that you're getting. Yeah, exactly. But one thing to just think about too is, you know, because with the gym, that's something I think about. Like when I go to the gym, I want to eat better because I almost feel like I don't want to like ruin my yeah. the workout I had. So that's a motivator. So that's a motivator in, a in itself too is... You know, that can often help you. Different but, strokes for different folks. Yeah. But even, you know, I don't do a, a ton of cardio at the gym. You know, I like being outside and doing cardio more so. Yeah. But, a lot, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, go on the treadmill and the bike and all that kind of stuff. And you can see, not that I'm a huge proponent of, like, counting every single calorie, but you can really see, like, how many calories you burn on the, the treadmill versus, like, how many you might be eating at night. And that's, that's often a little... such a load of crap anyway. It is. There's no, like... The calories in, calories out has been like debunked. But no, like the calorie counter on the bike or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're so not accurate. Eat one Oreo (laughs) and your hour on the bike is gone. Well, that's exactly. So that can often be a little motivator. Not to say that you, again, can't have a little cheat, but that can often slow down, you know, the cheat meal day. So funny that you said that. Um, going to the gym is like a motivator for you to eat healthy. And then I'm just like, oh, that's the complete opposite for me. <laughs> it's not, not not that it's a motivator for me to eat unhealthy. It's just easier to justify it that day. Or I know at least my body is doing something more with the calories than it would normally. Yeah. Specifically, that's for resist- resistance training. That's not male specific, by the way. Like I, No, it's not. It, it's, it works both for both any, any, anyone, any, any human being. Yes. But um, so on failure, we wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So failure. And specifically, what do you mean? Just define the term. So when when you think about failure, you know, in terms of like healthy eating and whatnot. So when you fail is when you do go off the rails and. Yeah, you fall off the wagon, which is kind of like the term. That That's a better one, fall off the wagon. You know, my, a lot of my clients use, but, you know, falling off the wagon. That's what I say to you when I eat pizza or something at work. <laughs> I'm off the wagon today. I'm off the wagon today. And, you know, that, that kind of like sense of failure, like I fell off my my diet wagon or whatever it might be your diet wagon can really like mess with your head a lot and that's it can like oh i'm already off the wagon today i might as well just eat whatever i want for the rest of the day and that can often turn into the rest of the week i mean that's ridiculous i've never had it bleed into another day though like i've had it it's often the case that i'll just go i'm way off the rails for the whole day but it never it never happens that like the next day I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to still keep doing that. You know, it doesn't really <laughs> work think, that way for well, me. Well, so I think that it depends on where it is in the week. Like a lot of times when I get clients that say that they fell off track, they fell off track and then they're like, oh, I'll start next. I'll start back on Monday. That's again. crazy. Yeah. So let me just be clear on something from my understanding of it 
if you go to sleep and you wake up the next day, that's a reset button. Yeah. Like you just went eight, 10, 12 hours without eating for one. And your metabolic cycle kind of resets. So like when you wake up and midday and then winding down, like that whole cycle kind of flips over. Yeah. So you don't, I, that's crazy to me that people yeah. would do that for the week. But that's where motivation comes in. I mean, which is kind of the whole thing we've been talking about is, you know, if you feel pretty unmotivated because you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, and I really can't believe I had 20 cookies yesterday. I'm feeling really disappointed or. I'm going to have 30 kinda, more today. Yeah. But that can often, you know, throw people. So that's where, you know, thinking about why you're doing this. Even having like a little positive affirmation to yourself, like I could do this. So managing failure with affirmations, motivators, yeah, day-to-day stuff like that you can keep in your head. Yeah. And then having the accountability, which is also something else, whether it's part of what you do through a dietitian like me or through like a group, you know, a support group or, you know, if you, if you don't have means or um, anything to do like a face-to-face support group or a virtual support group or anything like that. You know, even just following people who are in the same position as you as in like wanting to Following them in what capacity? What do you mean? Following them online. Social media. Yeah, but not not like the negative, you know, I've lost 30 pounds, look at this and that, but more of like someone who's on the same kind of wavelength as you. Because often if you look at someone who is like has lost 50 pounds, it could be a motivator or it could make you think to yourself, well, I can never get to that position. Yeah, I do that. You know, you want something that's going to be realistic for you. Yeah. So. I guess, yeah, realistic. Which is another kind of motivator in itself. could be a whole tangent. But, yeah, yeah, I use YouTube for that. I watch YouTube videos of people, like, their transformations or, like, um, you know, people talking about what they did to have a huge lifestyle shift. Yeah. Or they'll do the videos where it's like, look what I did in three months, you know? Exactly. And that's, I mean, on a more personal level for myself, I can, I do a lot of weight training and something I've been trying to do is sure do. increase. She's super jacked, y'all. <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, increase, you know, how much weight I'm, I'm lifting and it's a personal goal for me. And I started following more people who are, you know, into fitness and there's that, there's that level between like someone who's kind of on the same page as me versus like someone who's like an elite you know, bodybuilder. Like weird. Yeah. And sometimes when I look at the bodybuilders, it, it's almost like, oh, I can never get to that. And you get this like negativity that kind of rolls around in your brain. Like, oh, I can never accomplish that. So why even try? I guess that depends on the person. Because for me, when I see that, it's like, look what human beings are capable of. You know, look yeah. what we can do. I guess I have a more collective mindset. Yeah. So I think of, so what I've started doing was looking at more, you know, like following more people and looking at more um, people who are doing things that are kind of on the same level as I am, where it makes it seem more realistic for me. That's someone who's in my age group that maybe is um, also a dietitian or something like that, like what they're doing. So that's kind of what I challenge people to think about is when you're finding support online is to try and find the people that are, and again, depends on how you're motivated. You know, if you're motivated by seeing someone who's lost hundred pounds already, then that's great. That's the people you want to look towards. Yeah. But you want to find people who are going to be realistic and not someone that you're comparing yourself to. That's a big thing because that can really be. That's one thing that's that can be like really detrimental if you're comparing yourself to someone else. And I think that's unfair. Yeah. For you to do that because you don't know what they went through to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. For you to compare yourself to them, 
in any capacity because you, I mean, you have to earn, you know, uh, whatever physique you want or whatever health status you want. And they, they earned theirs also. So they, they did the work. Yeah. You know, comparisons can really <laughs> kill the motivation to say the least, you know, and that I see that a lot in like workplace settings where someone loses weight and then someone else in the office is like, oh, that's because they they're in their 30s. I could never lose weight in my 50s. See that, <laughs> I think that the perception of time is also a factor. Mm-hmm. Like everyone thinks that, you know, three months is not a long time for anyone, really. No. I mean, three months is like a blink. You know, if you're over 15 years old, honestly, three months is not a long time. But if you think about it in the moment, like making a change, three months can seem like an eternity, but you can just completely flip your physique in that, even less time. But it feels like time is harder to manage in the moment, but you can think back to like, so it's September right now. June didn't feel that long ago. Like if I think back to June, it's like, oh, okay. Summer just blew by. Yeah. You know, and I could have been doing X thing every day. Yeah. I mean, that's something else to think about too is I always say to people, you know, you didn't get to where you are now overnight. Just don't expect change to happen overnight. That's that's kind of what I was thinking about and getting at. Yeah. So being realistic, which we came back to that term again, but be realistic with yourself, your progress and like your goal setting, which is another motivator, you know, setting realistic type goals that, you know, from June to September, was it realistic for you to lose 50 pounds? And if you did, was it something that's going to be maintained after the fact? Is it healthy yeah. to lose 50 pounds in three months? No, it's not. <laughs> not, <laughs> not generally. But that's, you know, you got to think about, you know, progress, not perfection, which is something I came across recently, but that's kind of progress, what not for. perfection. Yeah. That's a good little motivator. Yeah. But that could be your little mantra in the morning. Something positive. Mantra? Mantra. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Like a positive affirmation, basically. You know, you can do this. You know, progress, not perfection. Yeah. I can do this. That's a good one. Today's a good day. You know, just something positive to start yourself off with. Because then, again, if you ate a bunch of cookies yesterday and you're feeling kind of bad about yourself, do something about it. You know, start, get your get your vegetables out. You know, go for a walk. You know, do something yeah. that's going to kind of juggle that negativity out. Because that is something that's completely unmotivating is when you start to get into that negative spiral of, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that or I, you know, ate so unhealthy yesterday and you feel bad about yourself and then you are on this really bad spiral downwards and then you're like, oh, why should I even try? I'm yeah. just going to give up. I'll start next week or I'll wait next until the week. end of the summer. It's <laughs> nuts. I think the the positive mantra thing, like having something like a little motivator, I don't know, story time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was listening to another podcast and it was talking about President Truman. I don't know if you're familiar with Truman and World War II, Roosevelt, died so truman was the vice president Mm -hmm. and he was vice president under roosevelt who was sick and um we were like in world war ii and roosevelt died so suddenly truman is president and he's like oh my god you know what do i do because the vice president doesn't do a whole lot comparatively um i mean i'm sure that's different now we're talking about 80 years ago but in the 40s but basically he's like stricken and concerned and really confused and struggling with it and um he he he, i guess called or wrote his mother Uh, i think he called her and um you know he was talking to her about it's like i don't know how to do this or whatever and she said be good be game Hmm. like be good but be game you know 
And like, if I'm having a rough day at work lately, this was a couple of weeks ago, I listened to it. And I'm like, you know, if I have a lot to do and I'm overwhelmed with it, it's just like be game. Yeah. You know, but like, it's just lately that's been my, one of my mantras and it can be powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something that means something to you to say to yourself or like to, to write it somewhere and have it hanging, you know, yeah, somewhere that you can see it. Mine's it's, been, you got this. You which got is like, this. Like I'll say to myself, Felicia, you got this. When you're like lifting or? Lifting or like some days I run Pro's Nutrition and there's some mornings where I'm oh, you do. just like questioning. Questioning you know, your whole life. life. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this entrepreneur jo- entrepreneurial journey. That journey. And uh, I'll like sometimes get really stressed out, you know, something falls through or if a contract kind of falls apart and client reschedules, client reschedules and I end up with no clients for the day, which means no income. And and then I'll say, you know, Felicia, you got this. And I start making an action plan. So I kind of translate that to my clients. You know, you got this, make an action plan for the day. You know, what are you going to do that's going to support your goals and just start doing them. I mean, you're teaching right now too anyway. So it's not like the only thing you have going on. No. Yeah. But that's, you know, you got this. Whatever it's going to be, and it could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be a quote, whatever it is. But, you know, something you could say to yourself when you're in that stressful moment, you could just kind of like get your, your head straight a little bit. Helps. Yeah, it's very individual, but it's definitely powerful. Yeah. So say it out so- loud, too. Oh. I mean, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I mean, usually I I'm so. just like home with the cat. So I, yeah. I do say it out you loud. The cat. You say it to the cat. But. That's something too is like, you know, you can yeah, even whisper it to I yourself so. if you're in like yeah, a cubicle, yeah. but whatever. Just add some power to it. Who cares what people think if you talk to yourself? Yeah, right. <laughs> Screw them. <laughs> for su- for support though, um, that was a big thing for me with lifting and like weight training. And mm-hmm. like when I was at my biggest and strongest, a big part of it for me was the fact that I was going to the gym with like three or four guys a lot. And I think support for diet can be a big thing. Uh, I've had phases where I was quote unquote cutting, you know, bulking and cutting. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's kind of like a bro term. Yeah. But when we were all, when we all decided to cut weight, we cut, we shredded. It was, uh, it helped to to be doing it with a, a group of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you talk about it and I didn't really realize it at the time. But looking back, it's like when I had like those guys and we would talk about like what the challenges were, like when we fell off the wagon and what we did and, you know, it became like a like a social thing. Yeah. To talk about strategies or like what we're gonna do or like you know if 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 um if I don't know I I know you're not like into fasting but like if we fasted that day and we're gonna fast tomorrow something like that or you know whatever yeah. fasting a uh, full dis- disclaimer Felicia does not endorse fasting. <laughs> well, I do, but like for I've, a day or two. Well, not necessarily for a day or two, but I've. I mean, there is, you know, there is a lot of research more so on fasting now, but there's, um, I've just seen a lot of line teetering between like fasting and like starving yourself and yeah. And disordered eating patterns. Yeah. Yeah. And then the mindset too. So I just, for the clients that I work with fasting for them, I don't think would be a great option only because of the, yeah, you kind of have to be there. You kind of have to be, um, with it. I, I wouldn't recommend fasting for someone who's managing an, uh, a chronic illness, I would say. Yeah, there isn't enough research right now for that to support, you know, the, the downsides. Yeah, that. well, I, I didn't mean to, like, derail the conversation with fasting, but <laughs> it's just something that we talked about with, you know, and I had a core group of, like, three guys at work, 
and it just made it easier. Yeah. But that, you know, if you can't, honestly, I get a lot of clients who they don't have support at home. You know, their spouse might not be as, you know, ready to make a lifestyle change with eating healthy and they're, they're kind of stuck in their ways. So that's where that outside support is really important. You know, like whether it's a friend, a group of people you don't know that you get in, in with a little bit, a dietitian, you know, but finding someone that you could be accountable to, but also check in with, you know, and have that support, whether it's maybe like trying new recipes together, going to the gym together, anything. But I mean, it, it makes it hard when you don't have, you know, the support in your household necessarily. Yeah, but, get a friend. Get yeah. a friend involved if you, if you can. Or, you know, find a group or something like that online. Yeah. Even just like Facebook groups or whatever. Yeah. So that's when I was saying like, you know, following people online, like getting that, that online support. I mean, that's, you know, and that could be in conjunction with having support at home as well. But if you don't have that available, you know, look elsewhere for it because that could really help with, keeping you on track, but also when you have days where you kind of throw up your hands and you're you're frustrated, you know, you could turn to those people or that one person to say like, here's what I'm feeling, here's what I'm struggling with. And they can kind of, you know, talk you through that a little bit, but then also help you move past it to, you know, create an action plan, you know, yeah, something positive that you could do or someone that can reinforce the, the positive affirmation that you said for yourself. So with not seeing results immediately. Yeah. How do you feel about that in terms of how it plays into motivation and failure? So that's where I see a lot of clients fall off, to be honest. You know, as they, let's say after our first meeting, they have this, you know, they want to lose weight. You know, they do want to eat healthy, but, you know, the weight loss is like a big thing for them. So then like one week goes by and I'm not going to see them for another couple weeks and they weigh themselves and they felt like they've been doing everything right the whole week and the number they didn't lose the any weight or budge. something. Yeah. yeah. And then they are like, why even try? You know, and again, that's where they like kind of fall off track. But that's kind of being realistic with yourself. So I always say, like, take a step back for a second. One, you probably had some really great successes outside of weight loss, which is why I don't like to focus on weight loss necessarily as a weekly goal and more of like as an end goal, you know, a long-term goal. Yeah. And kind of think about behaviors and it's not a healthy. I don't I wouldn't say that's a healthy thing to base how well you're doing with your diet on. Yeah, which you know, but that's that's like everything you find in the media is like lose weight fast, you know, cut the belly fat, all that kind of stuff. So there's summer a big fat thing. belly busters. Yeah, there's a big focus on that. But I I like to pull people away from that a little bit and say, "Okay, let's Let's focus on the behaviors. You know, did you drink enough water this week? Have you eaten more vegetables? How many times did you go to the gym? And like, I, I kind of want you to think if you haven't reached the goal that you anticipated, which again, generally is for weight loss. What else have you done that's positive? So being realistic with what your goal is, but then also being realistic with what your progress is and cutting yourself a little slack too, you know. Because honestly, sometimes you're too hard on yourself. You expect to make 15 different changes. And again, a lot of those habits have been ingrained in you since you were like 10, you know, that or longer or longer. So your whole life, you know, be okay with the fact that you haven't changed a behavior in a week or two weeks or three weeks. Doesn't it generally take three weeks is what I've heard to really change a habit. Generally, and there's, you know, anywhere from like 21 to 26 days, but Usually that 21-day mark, that three-week mark is kind of like the key, you know, where you've 
gone over the initial hump of being initially motivated, but then also had that little slump where you're like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. And then you do it. You get to 21 days and you're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny that if you just if you just buckle down and change a habit for a few weeks, that you can continue with that for the rest of your life. But like of doing anything consistently for a few weeks really isn't easy. No. Depends on what it is. But like say, you know, not having any sugar, like no added sugar, which is hard enough to avoid anyway because like if you have bread, boom, sugar. But doing it for three weeks, the first three weeks, those first three weeks are going to be really hard. Yeah. But then if you get over that hump, generally it's easy enough to maintain that. Yeah. And that's where, again, that support comes in, you know, to get you through that hump a little bit, but then also like accountability and like, again checking in with someone can kind of help you move past those those three weeks to make it become something that's part of your routine it makes it easier yeah so like not giving up before you've really drilled in the habit and not checking your progress quote-unquote progress too often yeah i I, it's it's one of those things where it can be really disappointing if you get on the scale every day and you expect to see change and you don't yeah and I, i don't promote well i mean once a week at a minimum i guess you know, or oh, a once max, a week maximum. Max. Yeah, you don't want to go. You don't want to do daily weigh-ins. I have people who were doing like weigh-ins in twice. Like a that's day. as often as you should. Yeah. Weigh-in weekly. Yeah, but I would rather. I think it's better to set like a, a weigh-in date and a weigh-out date versus, and that allows you to free your mind a little bit to focus on the behaviors versus focusing on like the weight and the number on the scale. Okay. Which is so outside of what most programs that you find tell you to do you know like a lot of like weight watchers and things like that they, they they have you weigh in weekly and it's almost like you're punished if you don't make your weight goals each week yeah but that's it makes you focus on the number it doesn't make you focus on the quality of the foods that you eat and the behaviors that you're changing which are a huge thing and that's what's going to keep you going for the long term you know changing those foundations yeah so a big part of it is is defining what your quote-unquote results are and I would say moving away from the scale is probably the number one thing if people are doing that. Yeah. I mean, how you feel day to day. Yeah. And it's better. You know, in, in finding what your why is, you know, what we talked about in the beginning, you know, what's your reason for doing that? You know, why do you want to lose weight? You know, if that's if that's what your why is after you've been listening, you say, you know, I, I want to lose weight. Why do you want to lose weight? You know, like really like get down to the like the emotional side of it. How is it going to make you feel losing the weight? You know, again, is it going to give you that more energy? So then that takes you away from that number on the scale because it makes you focus on like the feelings, the behaviors behind it versus like the number on the scale. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you think about a weight goal for the week, like how are you going to get there? Like that's what I always ask clients is, you know, when you think about setting a weight goal for the week, well, what's going to actually get you to a pound a week if that's what your goal is? It's going to be Man, I just eating think more vegetables. A, yeah. Things all like the that. Things you so should that's do where, anyway. again, you want to focus on those behaviors. It's just so bad to, you know. to focus on the scale. Like, you should almost just throw the scale in the trash. I mean, <laughs> I get it for monitoring your body weight for, for health issues, or, or it's not a bad thing, but just using it as a tracker for how you're doing, I just, it's so bad. Yeah. And that's like, I always say, use it as a tool. But not the end all be all. Same thing with calories, which I'm sure we'll discuss in another podcast sure. in more detail because that's a that's a huge one. But what is a calorie? What is a calorie? <laughs> but like, you know, thinking to yourself, you know, is this 
is me tracking my weight really helping my mindset and motivating me? And mo- I'd say like 95, 99% of the time, it's not. But going back to that, like what's realistic, you know, think to yourself, you know, what's, what's realistic about my progress and what have I really put in my best effort? Because that's the other thing too is I get a lot of clients who get to the end of the week and they feel frustrated that they haven't lost weight. But then they say, I always say to them, well, did you really give it your all? Like, did you really like go all in for this? Did you eat you know? broccoli? Did you, <laughs> you know, and and if they're like, I think I did, I always, I always tell people, well, track, like track your food that you've been eating in a diary a couple days for a week and like actually assess, like, have you been really doing Yeah, it's it part of now? being honest with yourself, tracking yeah. your food, tracking diet, or even just thinking back to what you ate that day and yeah. considering it like the end of the day, wrapping it up, like, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? Exactly. And that's where, the, you know, if you have a cheat day every single day and then well, you found that you've gained weight. That's not really a cheat day. No. That's and that becomes a cheat week. Cheat forever. But that's cheat life. I, I see that a lot with clients sometimes is they've, you know, they've eaten sweets every single day and then they're like, well, then I'm really frustrated that, you know, I, I gained weight. And it's like, that's Why? where you have to did really you think to yourself, like, yeah. did I really give it my all? Because that, that unrealistic expectation and like, okay. You so know, fooling yourself in a way. Side note, side, side question. <laughs> um, so when you said like eat sweets every day, so I have this thing where I just, part of the reason I like cheat days is because in my mind, it's almost better for me to just like slam my body with crap <laughs> for one day rather than just inject it with a little bit of crap every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it really matters, but for some reason, I feel like if I get the little bit every day, I'm not going to feel it like in terms of my health. Like I'm not because like, I ate so much candy or whatever. If yeah. I only have a little bit every day, but going so many days without it and then just having it all in one shot, I generally regard as better than having a little bit every day. Do you have a thought on that? Honestly, I think it depends on what it is. And I'm kind of looking at this more of like from a client perspective, not not based on like the research, because a lot of the research out there is, you know, when they do research on like sweets, they're doing it with conjunction with a calorie control diet. But I'm looking at this more from like a behavior standpoint, like what works the best for my clients that I see. Okay. And what I find is like sometimes the cheat day turns into a cheat week because of the leftovers. That's oh like, the, okay. So okay. they go I get to what a, you're a family event or they they host an event, and now there's cake left over. So they've indulged that day, and their plan was to stay away from it. But now the cake is there in their house for three days. Yes. They so they're like, well, day. I'll just have a little piece every single day, so that it bleeds into the week, and it bleeds into the week. If you have a cheat day, yes. So if you so isolate the cheat day you and you is- don't have stuff left over. Yes, then that's better. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, I have clients who keep like, you know, like dark chocolate in the house. But if they feel like they want a sweet, it's not necessarily every day, they have like a piece of dark chocolate and they could be done with it and like leave it alone and not eat the rest of the bar. Yeah. That's fine. Well, what we talked about earlier about going off the rails, like, oh, I'm off the wagon because they had one thing. That's kind of where I thought about it first. Like, okay, if I don't, if I don't have any, there's no chance of that happening. Yeah. Versus I'm planning to go off the wagon. Exactly. Sunday or whatever day. So that's kind of where like knowing yourself is kind of key. You know, if you know that you can have dark chocolate or whatever it is in the house. A piece. And have a piece. Can and, you? Can anyone do that? And walk away from You it. can. <laughs> I can. But it's hard, I can. you know. Or, you know, sometimes what people do too is um, if they have like a sweet, 
um, they make it like a, a goal to themselves to say like, um, I'm, I can only have cookies if I make them. So it like makes them go through and then like, well, most of the time they don't feel like making cookies. So oh. then it kind of like okay. sets the craving away. Which sure. Cravings is a whole nother thing to talk about, but that's, mm. you know, again, it just comes down to knowing yourself. If you know you can't have chips in the house because you'll eat the whole bag once oh, they're yeah. open, you know, you won't necessarily touch them if they're not open, but if they're open, that's it. The whole yeah, bag's gone. You, you do this <laughs> thing. You do this thing. So here's the difference between Felicia and I. Um, when Felicia wants like chips or a snack, she gets a bowl mm-hmm. and she takes them out of the bag and puts it in the bowl. And what I do is I take the bag. Yeah. I just take the bag <laughs> with me. And then I eat half the bag. And I'm talking the big bag, the family size bag. Yeah, One shot. Like single serve. Half the bag gone. <laughs> single servings are a joke. Seven chips. Are you serious? Hers <laughs> or whoever. But that's that's the thing too, is like portion control and, and uh Yeah, she gets a ball. Not walking around with a small eating. bowl. All of that kind Not of stuff. Not a huge bowl. Yeah. You do popcorn, that's like a good one. Yeah. Popcorn and popcorn. I have an air popper, which I would highly suggest to anybody. An air popper. It is so fun, and it's fun with kids. To air pop popcorn. To air pop popcorn. Sure, yeah, the kids like kernels, and it shoots out all over the place. I have a great time, but you control what goes in it. Yeah, it's a great time. (laughs) But that's popcorn's one of those snacks where it's often demonized, you know, as like a, a bad food for you, but it technically is a whole grain. And if you're using like an air popper, you're controlling exactly what goes, what so is going in it. You're just popping it kernels. You're yeah. not. It's not like preloaded with like how the bag is, where it's all salty and buttery already. Exactly. Yeah. And there are some some good brands out there. Don't get me wrong. But one thing that's great about popcorn is you can have a lot of it. You can have like three cups as a portion. So it's way better than like seven triscuits. So it's know? super light. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like high calorie. Yeah. And you control how bad it is, quote unquote, for you. Exactly. But that's one of those things you can like have a large volume of, which I'm kind of all about, like having more volume. Just the same thing with like vegetables. You can literally eat as much broccoli as you want, you know, until you can't eat anymore. But yeah. that's like those yeah. things where it's like, I'm all about having more volume versus like you can only have this little piece of something. Yeah, so. that's the thing with like the healthy foods like vegetables and fruit and stuff. The volume is drastically different because they're not as dense calorically. Yeah. So you can just have so much. Yeah. And you can just be full. And they've Whereas, got a lot of fiber and fluid well, too. Well, yeah, that's that's part of why. So it's going to fill you up a lot faster. Compared to like Triscuits. Yeah. And if you think like how many chips can you eat versus like how many? So many carrots so many chips raw broccoli so many cookies that's the kind of thing that you also want to think about too is like four packs of ramen it's way easier to like snack on something like chips and go down faster than like broccoli will yeah so the idea of a reward but a non-food reward what in your opinion is like a good non-food reward for doing well with your diet then so that's gonna um that's gonna kind of vary per person but i always say you want to have some kind of reward system. Maybe it's a weekly reward. Maybe it's a monthly reward. Maybe it's like a whatever it might be. But think about something that's going to reward your progress and make it something that's non-food because, you know, having food as a reward is something that's like ingrained in children and they've now moved away from where it was like, you're good. You can have a cookie. Oh, and yeah. that mindset oh, man. can play with you now as an adult. Oh, yeah. Trying to like Weird. undo that from Never some of thought my about clients. that. Now it's like reward yourself with a sticker, you know, so yeah. uh, a stamp, <laughs> something like that. But thinking of like a non-food reward, honestly, it could be a sticker or a stamp on a calendar because that is just that visual reward to yourself. Oh, yeah. Daily. Like it's, it's a, well, I mean, yeah, reward like, oh, well, there was this, there was, a, okay, story time. There was um, a football team where one of the things that they did 
It was a college football team, I think. Maybe it was high school. Anyway, the whole thing was, if a player did something awesome, they get a sticker on their helmet. And what wound up happening is, the team, like, went nuts and just became, like, the best team. I got, you know, if we had a third person here, I'd ask them to Google it right now, because I don't want to butcher the story. But basically, what ended up happening was, they would all compete with each other, because they'd Mm -hmm. see the stickers on their helmets and stuff, and, like, they'd want a sticker on their helmet. So they'd, bam, you know, they they hit this guy and fumble or whatever. And anyway, the, the w- long story short, the stickers as like a visual marker of success mm-hmm. motivated them to be more successful because there was a physical thing that denoted success. So you had players with like their helmet was covered in stickers yeah. and they were like performing really well to get that, that little sticker on their helmet. And it was like a, a sign of success. Yeah. So you can kind of do that for yourself, I guess. Yeah. And it could be like a calendar on the fridge. If, you know, you don't have that space for that, you know, accessibility, it could be your phone. Like I track the days I go to the gym in purple on my phone. So when I open my phone calendar, I see like all the days in purple. And it's motivating to see that. that Um, (laughs) But that's something, you know, like it could be physically like a sticker or stamp thing. Or the fireworks on your Fitbit. Or the fireworks on my Fitbit when when I hit 10,000 steps. I always get super excited. I'm like, fireworks. Um, smart Fitbit well done <laughs> that is but that's you know so it could be like a daily kind of little reward system where it's and I'm using the word reward but even like a little visual you know success to yourself um, but like thinking about like a reward could be like getting a book that you wanted or going to see a movie getting your nails done getting a massage like okay like any literally anything like that going going to a you know place that you've always wanted to planning a vacation you know, it could be like big rewards or it could be small things like purchasing going to the movies something. that weekend. Yeah. Going to the movies or, you know, you know, or I mean, going and not out, having know. soda and popcorn. <laughs> yeah. But that's the, that's the kind of thing where you think about a reward or I have a lot of clients who say like, you know, like their reward is their like going out to dinner with their significant other once okay. a month Yeah, where it's like, yeah, it's kind of a food reward, but it's also like a social outing for them. Sure. And they don't feel guilty about it or anything like that because they're like, hey, I really had, you know, great month. You know, I yes. really put in all the effort. I'm going to have fun, enjoy myself, order whatever I want, and then be back on track the next day. I think that's so important, that guilt-free bit. Like, that's that's my main thing with cheat days. That's my main thing with cheat days. If I do a like a cheat half-day, cheat meal, whatever... I don't feel guilty about it mm-hmm. because it was planned. Yeah. So like, I know we were, it's side note and we were already past that, but <laughs> yeah, not feeling guilty about it. Cause that's one of the day to day stuff. It's like, you feel guilty about it. You'll beat yourself up. Like, I can't believe I ate that. I really wish I didn't eat that. If you plan it, if you plan to go off the wagon Saturday night or whatever, it could be a lot more healthy yeah. mentally. And then you plan to get back on track Sunday. Like, you yeah. know, have the plan of when you're going to, you know, indulge, have fun, whatever it might be. And then, get back on the next day. So non-food rewards that we were talking about. And I get what you're saying with um, going out to dinner with with whoever because it's a social reward too. And you know, you go out and you go somewhere nice or your favorite place and you like being there and you're spending time with people or whoever, Mm -hmm. your spouse, your friends. Yeah. I have some people too where they they don't want to, you know, go food, uh, not food shopping, um, clothing shopping yet, you know, and that they want to really like make sure that they're sticking with their changes. So they plan like, you know, in a month, I'm going to go and get some new tops or some new pants or whatever it might be. And it gives them the motivator because they're going to get new clothes, but they're also know that their habits are there. 
So it's not, it hasn't been a week. It's been a month. So they know yeah. that they've made changes that are going to stick at this point. So that's also something too is then they're investing in, you know, new clothing, but also clothing that they know they're going to feel good in because they also have the habits that are going to keep them on track with eating healthy. Too. Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, Non-food rewards. If you're feeling, you know, we kind of talked about that mindset part of it, like being positive and positive affirmations. If you feel like you're on this like downward spiral of negativity, um, I do this exercise with my clients sometimes is, you know, with assessing their progress is saying, okay, feeling really negative, write down five positive things that you've accomplished so far that relate to your health. And it could be that you drank an extra glass of water today. It could be that you went to the gym. It could be that you ate broccoli. broccoli. Eat broccoli, everyone. You tried a new recipe. Maybe it didn't go well, but you still tried a new recipe. Like it can literally be anything, but write down five positive things. And that can often reset that negative, you know, frame of mind that you have about like how you didn't do this or that but so like a non-food reward being like congratulate yourself for what you did accomplish yeah you celebrate those successes celebrate that you ate a piece of broccoli you know and and (laughs) and, um i've have some clients who like successes are super small but that you want to celebrate those small successes don't just celebrate those huge ones which are often related to weight goals like celebrate the small things that you've done like because they do add up too i mean they are valuable and that's, I think often we don't celebrate some of those smaller successes and that's, that can really drive your motivation it's by saying like, hey, I ate way more vegetables today than I did yesterday. That's awesome. Pat yourself on the back. Go me. Well Put done. a sticker on the calendar. Brussels sprouts. I love stickers, by the way. <laughs> you do love stickers. Man, I never thought about that with like, so much stuff that happens to you when you're a kid just has such a weird effect on you as an adult. Mm-hmm. And using food as a, as a motivator, you know, I'm not taking a shot at any parents who do this. Obviously, you know, do what you got to do to get your kids through the day. But, you know, cookies yeah. and stuff as a motivator when you're a child and then how that translates into adulthood. Yeah. Never thought about it. And sometimes you don't think about it, too. Like, I, I had one client who, you know, every time she came home from school, she used to get uh, a bag of chips and a soda. It's like that was what her parents gave her you know, after school, after school snack. After school treat. Yeah. So it was like not only a treat for her, like doing well in school and like, but it also kind of curbed her appetite. Not necessarily, obviously the health situation oh, curbed yeah, her appetite. Sure. But while it kind of like entertained her. And we came to this realization that she was like doing the same thing that she was doing now, uh. like in her adult life, coming home from work and having this. But it was also like the emotional attachment to that. Yeah. Made her think of her parents. And, and her like, childhood and probably childhood. fond memories associated with that. Yeah. That's my, that is my affection with chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> you know very well how much I like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah. I had lots of homemade chocolate chip cookies throughout my childhood. Mm-hmm. And full on, we can have an argument about this. Like I will welcome people to argue <laughs> this with me. Chocolate chip cookies are the best cookie. <laughs> chocolate chip <laughs> is by far the superior cookie. But anyway, I have that association mm-hmm. and that's probably part of why I like them now so much. Yeah. So, you know, it's not enough. It's not, it's not enough to say like, Oh, just stop having that snack, you know, because there's so much more to it than like just not eating a certain food. There's so much emotional attachment to it. Yeah. So, so. I guess the non-food rewards can really help manage. Yeah. So or, you still get like a feel good something. Exactly. Or like, you know, with that particular client, we tried to just swap. We still kept, you know, that snack, but we changed it to like a smoothie or, you oh, know, something healthy. We did that once a week instead of like every day. a healthy day. food reward. Yeah, so we did a healthy food reward. I or got smoothies. 
have Jeez. saved my life. <laughs> All right. Pro tip. If you like sweets, here it is. Here's the best smoothie. I won't even call it a smoothie. It's basically a milkshake. I mean, we do nut milk. We do like almond milk and stuff. Yeah. But frozen bananas, almond milk, and cocoa powder. There's your base. Chocolate milkshake. Boom. Add a sweetener. Add some other fruit. I like peanut butter. I'm a fan of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Probably too big of a fan of peanut butter. Throw some of that in there. For sweetener, we like, what do we do? Stevia. Yeah. Generally, the little drops or the, uh, we, I, I use the tablets sometimes or like the packets, but yeah. you know, like a calorie-free sweetener. Oh my God. It's so good. It's really good. <laughs> and like, It's basically chocolate milkshake. Yeah. That's a, that, that flavor combo is good, especially if like, for like that chocolatey kind of this. And um, like a little bit of cinnamon or a little vanilla extract yeah. can help enhance the flavor a little bit too. And so. a little bit of salt. Counterintuitive, but it helps. It's good. Salted salted caramel, salted chocolate. You know, it's a thing. Yeah. Flavor enhancer. Just not bit. too much. Yeah. You, know, you don't need a lot actually to get, you know, that flavor. But enhancer. like, oh my God, the amount of fiber I get in me when I have those <laughs> shakes. Because I'll, I'll do like three frozen bananas. And then usually if we have strawberries or something like that, throw those in too. It's yeah. like a ton of fruit. A ton of fiber, and I feel that I had a ton of fiber. I have to drink water, <laughs> too. Yeah. But, all right. This was productive. It was productive. Hope you all learned something. <laughs> no. It's a fun conversation. Thanks for listening, everyone. What are we going to talk about next? What do you think? I like. I think we should do snacks, like one on snacks. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Snacks are something, well, people ask me about snacks a lot, and I like snacks. uh yeah i like snacks too snacks are a good one a little too much healthy snacks healthy snacks yeah because a lot of times i just want to eat something yeah so we can talk about like healthy snacks next time maybe yeah and you know maybe in that one talk a little bit about night snacking what's the best night snack all right so that'll be the next one we do then yeah cool anything else to wrap up no thank you all for listening